listener, are dead. Your life on Earth has ended and you're now in the next phase of your existence in the universe. Now there's a good place, there's a bad place, and then there's Australia. Welcome to Everything is Bonza, a fair dinkum weekly look at the good place. We're your architects, Wendy and Amy. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That was very unexpected. Um, And this week we visit season four, episode three, Chillaxing. Wendy. What happened in this episode? In episode three, reassured that all his choices on Earth and in the good place are good, Chidi is enjoying the afterlife a little too much and is dropping the ball when it comes to helping Brent and Simone. The Soul Squad realise the problem is that Chidi isn't being tortured, so tasks with helping Jianyu, Chidi is horrified when Jason admits to him that he isn't a monk and doesn't belong in the good place. Burn! Chidi's stomachache returns. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tahani tries to win John over by pamper- pampering him like Victoria Beckham at the posh wash. But John is resistant to change his attitude, believing the lifestyle of luxury is more valuable than a good life. While Jason does an excellent job of challenging Chidi's personal ethics, Eleanor pushes the envelope ethically by taking delight in Chidi's pain. Tahani has a breakthrough with John, empathising with his loneliness. Eleanor has a moment of revelation and agrees to back off Chidi. With all four souls back on track, a mysterious hooded figure makes their way to the good place. Who do you think it is? Oh, um, I want to say it's someone like Sean or it's one of the demons who wants to not necessarily infiltrate but become better. Mm. I think it's um, Doug Fawcett. Oh, you reckon? I was looking at like his figure and he was looked like an older man and sort of hunched over a little bit. Does that mean and he... he? But how? I don't know, but I, that's, that's right. I didn't think much further than that. I mean, maybe he died and then went to the bad place because the system is messed up and then somehow he escaped and he was like, are you kidding me? I did all these good things on Earth. I can't belong in the bad place and somehow escaped. Hmm. Interesting theory. Mm. Okay. Well, well, no, mm. it makes sense because mm. what are your choices? It's either someone from the good place or it's mm. someone from the bad place because the other people... The good place as we currently know it is in the middle place. Mm. Oh, this is confusing. Mm. And the people in the middle place are Mindy, uh, Derek, and what is the accountant's name? I've forgotten. Oh, oh I like him. Yeah, the guy, is it Jeff? Matt, Matt, Matt. I think it's Matt, the one who got stuck in the sex acts <laughs> department. <laughs> the, the guy from the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, 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 He's no, not, not him. Got, no. no, 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 the guy um, that got allocated to monitor the humans after for the experiment. It was... Is he in the medium place? No, no, no. he's an accountant yeah. in the department. Who, yeah. He was the one that um, gets all the sex acts, remember? And, and he was he like... he wanted to be killed. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. did you get my memo about immediate suicide? Oh. Um, that guy is the one who has been charged with monitoring um, the points tally of the new humans. Ah, oh, I don't know how I missed that. Okay, he, he was the one that was in the obelisk last episode. Okay. Um, so, yeah, those guys live in the middle. They know about the middle place. They're in the middle place. You mean the medium place? Medium place. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah okay. that's what I meant. Sorry. Um, so that person on the on the rail car is mm. either someone from the good place or someone from the bad place. And the fact that they're in a hood means they're mm. probably from the bad place. So mm. I like your theory about Doug Fawcett because he is going to the bad place. Everyone's going to the bad place at yeah. the moment. So yeah. hmm. I was purely basing it on, like, the the physique of the person. I find that's deceptive, though, because they do mm. that. Like, they get a random to wear the hood mm. frequently. Like, I think of Heroes, the TV series, where Sylar was just a random figure and then suddenly they cast, um, what's his face? I can't remember his name. Um, Zachary Quinto. Like, 
episodes later and it looks mm. nothing like his shape. Um, so okay. I wouldn't let that, but I like that theory. Yeah. I think that pays really well. Yeah. I mean, the other person I thought it could be was, who was the demon who joined the Brainy Bunch? What was his name? And remember Jen, I thought she killed Trevor? him. Yeah, Trevor. Trevor. Adam Scott. Yeah. Could it be him? Could It, it could, but mm. why would he? To mess up the good place. To, me, but to mess up the experiment. They, but, they know, but they know who he is, so they could get him kicked out. And Jen said there'll be no reboot, so if the bad place stuffs it up, then mm. the good place automatically win, right? Mm. All right, I'm sticking with my Doug Fawcett I think theory. that's a good theory. Yeah, yeah I think that's really good. <laughs> yeah. So um, what did you think of this episode in general? Um, oh, <laughs> that's never a good noise when I make that noise. Look, I didn't not like it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to stop starting all my opinions like that. I like this. This is not related, but I love when um when Eleanor sort of first meets Chidi and thinks he's flirting with her, and she's like, "I'm not not interested." Like I like that way of phrasing things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. I do yeah. that with a lot of my opinions. You don't I not do like not, it. Not like it. Yeah. Um. I think it was the jokes definitely were a lot. Uh, there weren't as many, mm. um, and I think this is this is symptomatic of particularly Eleanor struggling. Mm. Um, the jokes aren't quite as peppy mm. when she's struggling, but okay. I really liked it in the terms of Tahani and Jason's growth. Mm. I think they really their characterization really and their character arc um, was really evident in this episode mm. um, and their growth was just, it was just really nice to see, compare them to like season one yeah. to now. And it was like, oh yeah, you guys have actually changed and that's really cool. But it definitely, yeah. Janet lacked her spark as well. Mm. And I think there just wasn't that pep. Mm. What about you? What did you think? I also felt a little flat at the end of it. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know if it's, if I was just underslept at the time, <laughs> which you're laying a bit low, but yeah, I, it's funny because I really liked the last week's episode and this week I was just like, oh, meh. It, do you think it's our, our expectations are too high? Like we, we love the series so much mm. that we're being really focused on it, particularly during the podcast, mm. that we're just overlooking at it. I think it didn't feel as fresh. Like it was re, we were re- revisiting a lot of concepts that we've seen previously, like yeah. like Jason admitting, hey, homie, I don't belong here. Yeah. Um, do you know, you saying homie is yeah. like the most foreign thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's literally the first time I've ever said it. <laughs> and it I felt uncomfortable. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I may regret that later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting that as your own tone. Hey, homie. <laughs> hey, homie. Um, what else? Uh, and yeah, like you said, Janet didn't have her spark. Um, I think because they're not all working as a team as yeah. quite as much, it feels disjo- disjointed. And there's um, definitely, and this is this is a symptomatic of these kind of series is you can't mm-hmm. have too many characters in the scene at mm-hmm. the same time. Okay. Most series like this have only two or three people in a scene at a time. Mm. And so because we've now introduced a whole bunch of new characters, mm. um, it's harder and harder to see the original team together. Mm. Um, and that's a shame because I think they bounce off each other really well. We're not discovering new things about this world. Yeah. As we were in the first series. And also Michael isn't discovering new things about human humans quite as much and getting excited by things like paperclips. Um, That's so true. Michael's mm. not doing much in the way of learning. No. He still said one interesting line, and that was... Um, was it him who said you shouldn't text and drive? Yeah. 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 But he, humans do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. His, his whole thing about, you know... Um, 
you're you're happy when you should be sad. You're angry mm. when you should be happy. Mm. You text when you should be driving. I know mm. that's not an emotion, but yeah, you yeah. should do it anyway. Have you ever been in a car when someone's texting? It's yes. very scary. Have I been that person <laughs> and got on a freeway? Yeah, yeah. I've been in a car while someone's texting, like on a freeway. Like this was a friend's sister and you know it was years ago she was young and I was like I'm never getting in the car with her ever again that's fair yeah that's fair um Um, I I really liked when Michael and this is one of the things I love about the writing in this show when Michael was talking about chillaxing and he goes to explain what chillaxing is and it's cheaty relaxing yeah (laughs) is there like a, a film screenwriting term for like setting up like a, a joke where you think you know what's happening and then it, there's like a little twist on it. Oh, it's kind of a bait and switch. Okay, bait and switch. A little bit. Okay. Or a red herring or... Red herring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's a comedy term for that, but mm. I'm sure there is, but I'm not a comedy writer, so I don't know. Aren't you? No. Okay. There's still time. <laughs> <laughs> you. Everybody heard it. Wendy said I was funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, look, it, I think it's a. it was definitely a weaker episode. Yeah. Again, because we're still establishing what's happening, and mm. I completely agree with you. I think mm. we're not learning anything new about the world. Mm. Michael has definitely taken a backseat. We're getting much more of Eleanor's angst than mm. we are about her development and her growth. Mm. Um, but in saying that, you know, we've, we saw some really cool stuff from Tahani and Jason. It's mm. just they're juggling now a lot of characters who are getting paid much more than they were in season one so they're not on screen together quite so much oh you think it's a budgeting oh yeah it's definitely a budgeting thing that's a product totally a production management thing so um particularly you know season one they Mm. would have been paid um very different rates whereas Mm. as they go through the seasons their pay increases and the budget changes and now that they've got more characters and they've got um probably a bigger budget for special effects as well yeah um that means the the limitations of how many actors they can have in a scene together. The schedules are different. They're probably mm. more in demand now because the show's so popular. So, mm. again, it limits how many people can be in the room at the same time. And um, that's definitely a consideration when people are writing series and as series progresses. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, I'm going to pay attention to that. Next yeah. Time. yeah. It's definitely worth having a look at, and particularly yeah. for stuff like soap operas, you'll notice that there's rarely is there a big group of people, and if it is a big group of characters in the same room together, it's usually like a special episode, like a wedding or Christmas yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Otherwise, it's two to three characters at most. You yeah. rarely get a big group at the same time. Was it you or was it someone else that was saying they think that's what happened with the Gilmore Girls reboot, where by the time Laura Lang Luke got married, there were maybe like four cast members at the wedding and I but that's that's what I believe yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if I said that to you but I definitely said it to someone yeah then maybe they they just ran out of money to to stay to a property. proper wedding yeah definitely mm. they um and scheduling like mm. um, Melissa McCarthy apparently was only available for like one day mm. so she came in she shot her stuff and then mm. she left so she couldn't be at the wedding and mm. that that stuff for me is really frustrating because I'm like of all the people to to be at the wedding you mm. wouldn't have Jackson her husband mm. and not have Sookie yeah like it just it's weird anyway but that's usually a budget and schedule issue. Okay. Yeah. If, if there's characters missing in a scene, that's why. Okay. Yeah. So a couple more things I liked about this this episode was um, I enjoyed Chidi's relaxed mode in his linen shirt. His linen shirt. Nothing, nothing says more relaxed than linen. And definitely in his hat. And yes, the hat. <laughs> as soon as the stomachache came back, he was straight back into yeah. the tucked in starched sh- collared shirts and the yeah. chinos. Yeah. And it's kind of like a beige 
no, kind of like a grey coloured shirt. Yeah. Not the aqua blue anymore. Back to anymore. the mu- muted tones. Yeah. yeah muted. I do like relaxed Chidi. I think he's great. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed Tahani's little quote of gain a pound or lose a pound and you're out about people in Britain. <laughs> uh, they have to be rich or thin to be in the... To in get the, into posh wash. Into yeah. the club, yeah. Um, I, like, I liked when Eleanor just lost her patience with Jason and she's just like, shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that going on from Eleanor of like, mm. she's getting... Her spark is definitely muted, I have mm. to say. And that's really disappointing because I think Kristen Bell even works really well depressed. <laughs> yeah. But this is this is a really muted Eleanor and that's kind yeah. of sad. I think because she's she let herself be vulnerable and was kind of crushed in the end and now she's just over it maybe. And she's feeling the weight of the world. Yeah. Literally. Literally, yeah. I will say I really liked um, the fact that when Eleanor and Michael go to check on Chidi and Jianyu, mm. a.k.a. Jason, mm. um, Michael's tie and Eleanor's sweater yes. matched. <laughs> it was like the, the, the bright yellow. Sunflower yellow. Yeah, yeah I loved yeah. that. It was great. And her <laughs> um, play suit at the luau. Mm. Oh, my God. I want that so bad. I was, it was super cute. I was looking at her, like, turned legs and thinking, I want to get back into tap dancing because I, <laughs> I wish I looked like that. Um, One joke I didn't understand from the episode is that, that quote that went, a house you can left eye Lopez. Do you know what that means? Yes. So that's a very uh, 90s reference. Mm. It's uh, related to the R&B group, lady group. Uh, TLC and Left Eye Lopez um, burnt down her boyfriend's uh, house. Oh no way! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's actually a really, really horrific story, and I'm surprised that joke got through. Like I would have mm. thought there was much more light-hearted angles for that kind of joke because um, she was in a domestic violence situation. Oh no! The guy's house that she burnt down. Yeah, he um, had been arrested a couple of months before for pulling a gun on her, for slapping her around. Wow! Um, and then the night in question. Um, mm. So this was he was a footballer, mm, and, of course. Um, <laughs> and um, she apparently they both gotten they were both very drunk, and he came home and he found her there, and she got really pissed at him because he bought a pair of sneakers and didn't get her any, oh, and oh. yeah, I, yeah, and and he. Um, he started she started slapping him him around mm. and then apparently he knocked her down and then left the house and then while he was gone she set fire to the sneakers in the <gasps> house and burnt the whole house down oh wow so it's actually horrifying yeah but at the same time she burnt the sneakers in the bathtub and set fire to the whole house ah. so that's the joke okay and that's why i'm like Oh, that's a bit of a... It still feels a little bit too soon because um, Left Eye Lopez is no longer with us. Yeah, she passed away not so long ago, right? Oh, a little a while little ago. Little yeah, okay. quite a while ago. But, um, yeah, it's not It's not a great joke. Mm, okay. uh, but, yeah, that's what it relates to. Yeah. The other, the other joke I didn't get was the mention of Timothy Chalamet. I had to look up who that is. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he, he's a very pale actor. He's... he's very pale. <laughs> That's all I can say about <laughs> it. Y- He's young. adorable. Yeah, yeah. He's okay. young, but he he is he is paler than I am, and that's saying something. I am translucent. Anyway, like you could have picked any any actor who was white as white could be, yeah. and it would have flown. Yeah. Okay. And one last thing is that I've never seen Crossroads. What? I know. Ah! I keep meaning to see that film. I love that. That was a touch point. I have to say there was a lot of. Uh, late 90s, early 2000s mm. references in this episode Yeah, that I don't think quite sat okay. well because they're not um, 
like like pop culture from that era, I think you have to have been immersed in it to get a lot of these jokes yeah. to remember them. They're yeah. not wi- widely known. Like Left Eye Lopez is a really specific yeah. joke about a really specific group that yeah. if you didn't follow, you wouldn't know who that was, for yeah. example. Yeah. Um, oh, I, like I knew who she was. Like I've, I've heard waterfalls in my time, um, but I <laughs> but didn't know like, the story. Like following yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and even Crossroads. Like I feel like Crossroads is a big one. Both of them are really big in the States and this is where okay. I think often American comedy um, misses the mark in Australia because mm. sometimes we may not immediately get it. Like Crossroads had a very limited run in Australia. Mm. I can remember seeing it and just it did not last very long. Not a good film? It. Britney Spears is not the greatest actress. Okay. She tried. Yeah. She tried so hard. Yeah. And it, it ha- it's a great it's actually got um, a really amazing cast. It's got yeah. um Taryn Manning, it's got Zoe Saldana, it's huh. got um <sighs> Samantha out of Sex in the City. Uh, uh what is her name? Kim Cattrall. Kim no. Cattrall. Yes, you're correct. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I can remember the guy being really hot as well. But like <laughs> Early two thousands hot, yeah, yeah, and um, so it's it's actually a really interesting movie, yeah, and it and it should be it should be great, mm. it should be great, mm. but it's just not. It also gave us the banger, uh, "I'm not a girl, not yet a woman." So, I remember that song. Yeah, I remember her pants in the video. It was the time of not just hipsters, but even further down and like she's a V pants. Yes. Oh my, she's like sitting on a rock, and I'm like, those pants are very low. Yeah. <laughs> so they're the ones that like barely covered your pubic mm, bone. Mm. Like, yeah, you got to have good abs to wear them. Oh my god, yes. And Britney did have phenomenal abs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be fair. Credit where credit is due. Yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Oh, I can't Phenomenal even abs. Thank you. Phenomenal abs, terrible acting chops. Mm. Anywho, moving on. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's um, move on. Tahani Watch. Tahani Watch. Yes. So Tahani Watch is the, it's about the blurring line between Tahani Al-Jamil and Jamila Jamil. And this week, Tahani, well, since our last episode, Tahani was honoured for her activism at the Girl Hero Awards along with Cara Delevingne. Is that how you say her name? You mean Jamila was honoured at the Girl Hero sorry. Awards. <laughs> oh, sorry. Jamila, Jamila, Jamila was honoured for her activism at the Girl Hero Awards along with Cara Delevingne yeah. and Kate Hudson. Cool. She was featured on Forbes.com with the headline, Icon of Impact, Jamila. Jamila is the modern activist we need. And she will be soon be hosting a new TV game show called The Misery Index, which attempts to determine the ranking of hilarious and miserable real-life events. Um, and I must say that the content of the show sounds a little trashy and not Tahani-like at all, but the idea of Tahani hosting a TV show in general... Sorry, of Jamila hosting a TV show in general is very Tahani-like. So Yes, it is. Mm. And ranking actions is very The Good Place. Yes. Yeah, th- I definitely think it's kind of on brand, yeah. Yeah. What I will say, though, is she did get in some strife um, this week for um, putting Jam- a disclaimer, Jamila, um, for putting a okay. dis- disclaimer on her Twitter about... Um, pylons so um it's where if people criticize her she can't control the twitter fuel Mm. um which i'm not i don't particularly agree with i think Mm. she actually does have a responsibility to ensure that her followers don't uh behave like tools Mm. um but there's also only so much she can control so i think she jamila's still learning and she's very open about that fact Mm. but at the same time um you've also got to be cautious about what that kind of platform offers, yeah. which I think she's still learning how to do. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, I found her mother's Twitter account 
What? Recently. Yes. So she's estranged from both her parents and her mother um, is an activist herself. And there's actually a law called Shireen's Law. And it's it's I think it's about the time when you can report domestic violence. I would need to double check on that. But yeah, her mother's like an activist in the world of like, like looking after victims of domestic violence. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. And her mother was also a model as well, I think, in right. in her younger days, maybe now as well. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, then, but she does tweet sometimes how, like, she misses Jamila and wishes they would reconcile. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Oh. Oh. Um, so my Tahani watch this week. Mm. Um, Tahani mentioned that, well, Janet mentioned mm. that there are eight Game of Thrones characters mm. based on Tahani. <laughs> so... Tani didn't come out with any specific um, uh, etiquette uh, rules this this episode. So what mm. I thought I would do mm. was posit who I think the eight Game of Thrones characters were mm. who are based on Tahani. Yeah. And it's actually quite difficult because I don't think Tahani is particularly malicious. No. And there are some malicious characters in Game of Thrones. I've heard. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you haven't seen Game of Thrones at all? No. Okay. So I haven't seen all of it. I've only seen up to like um, season five and I haven't read the book. So I'm oh, very nervous okay. on that front. But do you know basically what, how it ends? Yes, because okay. I've read all of the Wikipedia. Except okay. um, I don't know how the last book ends because he hasn't written it yet. Okay. Eight characters in Game of Thrones that I think are based on Tahani Al-Jamil from Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, number one, Cersei, obviously. I think that's a go-to. Um, mm. Cersei is a powerful woman who likes wine mm. and is um, likes status and mm. will do anything in her power to keep it and control power. Okay. Um, Daenerys. Mm. Um, there's a bit of an innocent waif thing going on with Daenerys mm. at the beginning, which Tahani also has. Mm. But also, um, subtly, Daenerys has the um, kind of moves up through the ranks and cultivates power mm. um, by being very strategic, which Tahani also ah. does. Also, good hair between them. Great both. hair. Great hair. Excellent hair. Tum- tumbling. Was it cascading, cascading down their shoulders? Luxurious, <laughs> tech, uh, luscious locks. Yes. Um, I would also posit that either, and I'm not sure which, Loris Tyrrell or Marjorie Tyrrell. Okay. Um, so Loris is a, a knight mm. um, of the Tyrrell family. Mm-hmm. Um, he is known, I believe, as the Knight of the Flower. Don't quote me on that. It's been a while since I have revi- reviewed my Game of Thrones uh, information. Okay. Um, he's very, very gay. Um, and I think Tahani, Tahani, Tahani's definitely... Could go either way. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Definitely, I definitely get some vibes from Tahani. Yeah. Um, but also, they're very... The Tyrrell family. And Marjorie, again, is very elegant, very strategic. Mm. Um, she manoeuvres her way to becoming queen mm. um, by wooing and by flattery and also by having a prodigious mm. rack. So okay. uh, I think Tahani also uses her prodigious rack Um and glorious dresses. Tyrrells are worldwide known for their beauty and um, their beautiful clothes. So I think Tahani, definitely the Tyrrells. Do they live in the Greek-looking part? No, that's okay. the sand people who I okay. don't remember. Doran. Doran? I just noticed there were two... There was, like, very cold-weather clothing and Mediterranean kind of clothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, accurate. Okay. So she's definitely not from a cold place. Okay. Um, she is from, like, a rose garden place. Okay. And the Tyrrell's mascot is a flower. Okay. So I think definitely some of the Tyrrells are based on her. Yeah. Also a little bit of Sansa, where Sansa is very taken by the chivalrous knights kind of 
uh, mythology and also the lifestyle. She, and at least initially, mm. at the end, she most definitely is not. But she is very has this very romanticized view about love and life and power and mm. influence that I think Tahani has as well. Okay. So I mean, that's only really four and a half people. Yeah. I, Again, I don't know Game of Thrones well enough, so if anyone mm. has any suggestions on who the other characters might be that Tahani is, uh, that uh, are based on Tahani, mm. then we are very open to those discussions. Uh, yeah, so that's my Tahani watch for the week. Okay. On to the ethical question of the episode. I'll throw this to Amy because she has more um, background in ph- philosophy than I do. Sure. I can't even say the word. Philosophically. Um, speaking, um, I think we're actually seeing um, a repeat of some of our earlier philosophical topics, mm-hmm. um, specifically where we re- revisit Kant in this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. So the idea that um, if you promise to do something that is an ironclad agreement with the universe, mm. that if you promise someone to do something, you must do something. Mm. Um, in this instance, Chidi promises Eleanor that he will help Jianyu. Yeah. Um, much like he did the previous episode. Mm. So, again, we're, we're, we're seeing some repetition in terms of the ethical questions that we're visiting. And I don't think this season's going to be quite so caught up in that central ethical question that it was in seasons one and two. Mm. But that's because we've kind of had our lessons and now it's time for us to demonstrate that we understand them. Um, and this one, Chidi, again, comes back to that thing with Eleanor asks him for help. He always says yes and he always delivers. Mm. The problem with that mm. is Chidi immediately finds out that Jianyu is not Jianyu mm. but is in fact Jason Mendoza, the dirtbag mm. from Florida. Um, and Chidi has his own personal ethical um, rule that he cannot or will not lie. Mm. Um, so this is where his stomachache is prodigious because mm. now he's made an ironclad promise to help Jianyu mm. um, learn about ethics. Mm. And Jason, before J- Jason immediately um, elicits a promise out of Chidi that he will not tell anyone and he will help him keep his secret. Mm. So we, we come back to that again, very Kantian um, concept of we must keep our promises. Mm. Um, but also, again, when Eleanor asks Chidi for help, he says yes. And mm. this is a, another central um, aspect from season one and two where Michael says, you know, the biggest challenge I had is that Chidi never turned you down. Mm. He always offered to help you. Yeah. Um, he always helped you. So um, I don't think we'd have a central ethical question so much as a central ethical issue mm. of, you know, um, how how do we um, keep our promises in the face of of, of challenging circumstances again, mm. um, which is what we had last week? Um, in this instance, Chidi doesn't want to lie, mm. and when he's offered an opportunity to tell the truth and to come clean, mm. he actually remarkably finds a way to kind of alleviate the issue mm. by saying the motorcycle's the problem, not Jason. He doesn't reveal Jason's secret, which is yeah. good, but he alleviates the central c- cause of one of his concerns, which is the motorcycle will give them away. Yeah. Um, so he actually helps Jason by not telling the truth, mm. but also by not explicitly lying. So mm. he actually gets around that. And then we have that attached to that is then the question of is not telling the truth the same as lying mm. or is by not telling the truth helping someone mm. and which is more valuable. So mm. we've got so many things kind of wrapped up together when it comes to um, particularly that idea of cheaty keeping a secret mm. that it's not one issue, it's multiple issues kind of feeding into them, each other and yeah. – and, um, challenging us to kind of find that answer as well you know um 
how can we how can we be better and how can we support other people um, while also maintaining our principles and our morals? Ah, see, I'm learning so much from the Stevie series already. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the most truthful quote I think came from Janet when she said, I researched how humans cope with relationships ending and number eight on the list was doing something dumb with your hair. <laughs> uh, given that I frequently do things with dumb with my hair, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I will also posit that it's actually not about relationships, it's also mm. about stress. Because mm. I can remember um, whenever I would do auditions for orchestras and mm. when I did my audition um, for university mm. and all that kind of stuff, I immediately went home and cut off my hair. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Whenever I did auditions, I would go home, put my hair in a print towel and cut it all. Wow. Yeah. So I am I am prime for that <laughs> role right there. Um, I, you know, separated from my partner and dyed my hair blue. So, yeah, ah. I am 100% there. I tend to do things like, you know, in times of stress, just eat muffins <laughs> <laughs> or just eat anything, really. Aww. Or And That's then fair. go for, and, no, write songs about it too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice the most truthful? Oh, you're agreeing with me on the no. I agree with you. Quote, that yeah. one's definitely one. I think yeah. the most truthful quote for me was actually Tahani's, mm. which is, "If all you care about in the world is that velvet rope, you will always be unhappy, no matter what side you're on." Mm. Um, and I think that again, that applies to beyond the velvet rope. If if it's that concept of the grass is always greener, mm. if you're always if you're always and only caring about what somebody else has, even mm. if you get it, it's not going to be enough. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the most truthful quote for me this week. Mm. The okay. one that spoke to me the most. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the most Aussie thing I think was just this concept of a Hawaiian party and wearing Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, I think lots of Aussies do that. Um, I would say the motorbike. Yes. Definitely a motorbike yes. with big boobs on it. Definitely an Australian <laughs> thing. I liked how Cheedy like maintained his academic academicness in that scene when he said, "Oh, it has Canadian actress Pamela Anderson on the side." <laughs> <laughs> like he had to give it context. Yes, yes. I am. I am a big fan of motorbikes and Canadian actress Pamela Anderson. <laughs> and then he like scoots it out of the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah. 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 Mo motorbikes are very Aussie, I guess. They are. I mean, it's it's again, it's hard. We didn't have Simone in this episode, mm. so there's nothing inherently tied to Australia. Yeah, this, this episode. But you know, hopefully, we'll see her again. I really yeah, I missed see, her. I really yeah. want to see these new like Simone, uh, Simone Brent, um, John and Cheedy operating mm. in the same space because we've yet to see them together. Mm. I really want to see that happen. I would like to see Simone and Brent together, right? Because <gasps> she'll just. She would she tear him in you. Yeah, one. exactly, exactly. <laughs> It'd be great. Yeah. Um, points calculator. Okay, so I think Eleanor loses 2,000 points for torturing Chidi. Janet loses 500 points for handing boxing gloves to Tahani, encouraging <laughs> violence. I love that she was like, just punch him in the, f just punch him in the face. Just punch yeah. him. Yeah, and Tahani gains 6,000 points for empathising with John instead of punching him. Yeah, good call. Mm. That's a big move for her to take the high road, mm. which was great. Um, look, I, I agree with you. I think Eleanor loses points, but I also think she gains points because she is able to identify herself without being told yeah. what her issue is and why she's lashing out. Yeah. And that was one of the most human aspects of her this episode where she was like, I'm just so angry at him for doing this and the person that I would normally talk to when I'm angry is cheaty and mm. I can't. Yeah. And that 
is obviously she's lashing out again it's a mm. classic shell strop move mm. um but um i think she redeems herself a little bit by recognizing yeah. it and not a lot of people have that ability to recognize when they're messing up and, yep. and why on that deeper level yes like, usually people who've done lots of therapy can but the average <laughs> person often struggles yeah definitely least of all in a what 30 minute episode yeah yeah <laughs> um i think john loses points yeah uh for lashing out at tahani when tahani mm. called him on his bullshit um, oh yeah but i also think he redeemed himself as well because yeah. he apologized to tahani not only for lashing out but also for the way he behaved on earth mm. so he gained some points back yeah that was very big of him it was it was and i think um jason and chidi are my last two i think mm. so many people got positive points from me this this episode mm. um jason because again jason has shown such growth from at least even episode one of this mm. season um when he tells eleanor when eleanor was like relishing in the torture of chidi jason's mm. like all right dude calm down mm. i think we, he's had enough mm. and that's growth for jason normally yep. jason would be like yeah yeah pile on but mm. he's actually um identifying when somebody else is suffering yeah and i think he was able see, to see i told you in episode in our episode one that he may be the most like emotionally intelligent person look he has his moments <laughs> he definitely has his moments yeah yeah um but i also think Ch chidi too gets points because even though he was really struggling with that ethical um problem yeah. around jason yeah he took the hit and um put his his well-being on the line for jason around the motorcycle when he confessed oh no the motorcycle's mine yeah when he um hid jason's secret he actually made a solid choice mm. um to help his friend mm. and by keeping jason's secret he actually gets all the points from me mm. yeah so they i think like john jason and chidi have all had really interesting um character development in this episode so all of the yeah. points to them Woohoo! okay yeah now, what was your favourite thing of the episode? Oh, my gosh. That was – that's tricky. What was your favourite thing from the uh, episode? It was Tahani saying, we, we recreated the private tour of the Louvre where you can touch all the art. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the thing that I do in The Good Place. Mm. But can I do it at the Vatican? Oh, sure. Yeah. I just want to touch all of the things and break them, preferably. <laughs> I have a photo of myself in the Vatican – Sneaking a bit of shoulder out. Because, <laughs> you know, you went to cover your shoulders, so I had a scarf yes. around and I, I quickly revealed the shoulder for a photo and covered it back up again. I, I'm going to the bad place. You are <laughs> sacrilegious. It was a really hot day, though. Aw, that's fair. It's, it's it's always really hot when I've been there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you, you mean? It's, did you say it's always been really hot when I've been to... How many times have you been to the Vatican? Maybe three. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you Catholic? No. <laughs> No, no. I was raised Catholic, but like I, the first time I went, I was my like it was the first time I'd gone overseas by myself. Okay, yeah. To Europe, and yeah. so I did a Kentucky tour, and we went oh, to the yeah. Vatican. I did top deck tour. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, and then the other two times were when people who when I was living overseas, people mm -hmm. had come to visit me, and uh, they hadn't been to the Vatican, so we went yeah. to the Vatican. Okay, yeah. I guess if you're living in Europe, the Vatican isn't that far away. It's, no, that's yeah. it. Like, I think it was like a, a 30 euro flight or something ridiculous okay. from where I was. Um, my favorite thing of the episode was actually um, Jason and the peanut butter jar. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, it was just so simple. Like, yeah. Michael and Eleanor realized that the way that Chidi um, is able to, to have that urgency of needing to help mm. um, Brent, Simone, and um, John. God, mm. I keep forgetting John. Um, 
his urgency to change and to grow and to develop actually comes from his torture and mm. um, being put under pressure. Um, if he no longer feels the burden of choice, he's never going to be aware that um, he, of his own failings. Mm. And so they ask Jason to help them and Jason um, assumes they're like we really need your help bud and he's like sure give me the jar and they're like what the hell and he's like I'll open the jar so obviously up until this point mm. the only use he's ever been is to be opening jars for people mm. which I think is really kind of sweet but then he accidentally makes the greatest metaphor of all time mm. when Michael's like no no we need you for something else we need you to help torture Chidi and mm. he's like alright give me the jar and Michael goes was that a really insightful metaphor where you uh, indicated that the jar is the task and you opening the jar was completing the task? Uh, yeah. And Jason's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just that thing where he becomes completely aware, self-aware again, that mm. he has no idea mm. that he, he, he becomes self-aware that he missed the point again mm. and that he actually has no idea what they're asking him to do. But he's like... I don't. I want them to think well of me, so I'm just going to agree with them. Yeah, yeah. And so I really think that's Jason's, a very Janet thing to do. Actually, it is a very yeah. Janet thing to do. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So that was my favorite moment. I did like that Michael gives him the benefit of the doubt. Like he doesn't just shut him down. He says he gives him an yeah. exit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He gives him a save. Actually, that's mm. more appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of sweet. Okay. So personally, what can we? What can you take away from this episode to make the world a better place? Uh look, I think. I think it's that thing, again, of not pretending you know who people are. Mm. Um, like Tahani making assumptions about why John behaved the way he did. Mm. Or um, I, I, that's, that's a really big one for me is actually that, um, you know, if, if you're honest with your intentions, which Tahani was, mm. and honest with your own failings, that's actually much more valuable than pointing out somebody else's. Mm. Um, in those instances and I think that that was a really a really affirming thing for me be, being able to take that into the world you know it's yeah. not about pointing out other people's problems it's actually about owning your own what I'm taking away from this episode I loved Eleanor's quote where she says if you want to make a pearl you got to get some sand in your clam <laughs> Michael <laughs> corrects him and says oyster you but get sand in your oyster yeah. yeah it reminds me of Dolly I think it's Dolly Parton that said if you want the rainbow you got to put up with the rain yeah yeah and that that's really telling about her experiences this episode is she's mm. really suffering but mm. she knows that the end goal is actually it's a goal the end game is the goal. Yeah. Um, so she's got to stay focused on that. Yeah. Yeah. Any last remarks? <laughs> no, there were no good insults this episode, which I'm oh. very disappointed in. Yeah, it was all a little bit too nice, wasn't it? It really was, mm. yes. And there wasn't even any good compliments. Like, Eleanor usually comes out with the great compliments of Tahani, but mm. there wasn't even that. And I think that's what I'm missing. I'm missing the mm. them being super awesome with each other as mm. well. Yeah, me too. I think that's what's missing. Yeah. I mean, J John did tell Tahani that she's that she was, like, name-dropping three at a time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was I love that that was observable. Spotted. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, look, it is, again, we... I feel like they're still finding their feet this season. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still interested to see what happens and I'm still invested. So, yeah, me plugging. too. I want to know who this mysterious masked person is. Yes. Well, that's it from us uh, for this week. Uh, join us next week for episode four of season four of The Good Place. Listen to the latest episode on iTunes, SoundCloud or via the website InsideVoiceAU.com. See you, homies. <laughs>
has been an Inside Voice project.